Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you be blessed as you listen to this message. So this is still our month of supernatural. How many people have been making progress? You see, you see what, I, what I love about the testimony is that the progress were not just financial. There was spiritual progress too. So, you know, this is a God that does 360 degree progress. And you can still latch on. Let's look at the theme scripture. Habakkuk 3 verses 17 to 19. I'm reading the message translation. It says, though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are warm eaten and the wheat fields stunted, though the sheep pens are shipless, and the cattle burns empty. I am singing joyful praise to God. I am turning cartwheels of joy to God my Savior. Counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I am the king of the mountain. I had to read it in message translation. It says that though everything around me might speak negative, I choose to see positive. I choose to define my experience contrary to my reality. I choose to ensure that my reality does not define my experience for me. I choose to ensure that what defines my experience is who God is and what he says he can do. Please open your Bibles also with me to Ephesians. Ephesians 3, verses 20. So God has given us a beautiful promise for the month. And he's saying that regardless of what the physical look like, you can define your reality. You can define how you choose to experience life. Ephesians 3 verses 20 says, and still the message translation, it says, God can do anything. Tell your neighbor, God can do. Tell your neighbor, another neighbor, God can do anything. So it says God can do anything. I think that's a message, a full sentence, a message on his own. There is absolutely nothing that God cannot do. So whatever you are going through is not bigger than God. Whatever the devil intends for you is still not bigger than God. God can do anything. The ability of God is not in question or cannot be questioned. It says God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. It does it not by pushing us around, but by walking within us, a spirit deeply and gently walking within us. We're going to come back some other time to the spirit of God gently and deeply working within us. But emphasis for today is that God can do anything more than you can imagine or guess or request in your wildest dream. God can do anything. But then I also found in scriptures, please also open your Bibles with me to Psalm 78. We're reading a couple of scriptures, but we're going to tie it together. Just stay with me. 
Psalm 78, verse 41. Okay, so I'm going to switch to New King James because it's a long read for the message translation. Psalm 37 verse 41 says, Yes, again and again, they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. If you read Psalm 37, it chronicles the miracles, the impossibilities made possible that God wrought for the children of Israel, right? He says, but in spite of that reality, they limit God. Why am I bringing these two scriptures? God has given us a fantastic promise for the month that is not dependent on the things happening around us. God has given us his word in the New Testament that says that God can do anything. Yet we find a crop of people in scriptures that God did do anything for. Talk about a stick turning to serpent and swallowing other serpents. Talk about water coming from a rock. Talk about manna dropping from heaven. Some of us fear will not allow us to eat it because you say GMO. Right? Talk about walking 40 years in the wilderness. Their slippers did not chop. It's not made from Abba. Yet, the psalmist recalled that despite these possibilities, they were able to limit God. Why were they able to limit God? The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that we read, it says, God, the New King James Version says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. I realized that in Christendom, two most potent tools that define our experience or the two most potent tools for our experience is our mouth and our mind. Oftentimes, we emphasize the mouth because we say, when you come to church, you say, pray, declare what you want to see. And we sometimes under-emphasize the mind aspect. So sometimes you have your mind saying, God, bless me. And then your mind is saying, not right now. Sometimes you have your mouth saying, God, heal me. And your mind is saying, it has never been done before. It's impossible. So today we're going to look at our mind because it's easy to pay attention to the things that your mouth say. But how many times are we very conscious of what our mind says? And I says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly what you can ask or think, meaning that your mind carries as much power as your mouth. When I say all, it means that both of them are on the same level. So whether you pay attention to it or not, it carries power. So if you like say, hey, I don't care about my mind. It's just my mouth. They both carry power, right? And the things that you allow your mind. You see, I was, I was just checking, you know, the definition of the mind. By the way, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, the word heart there is, is called um, lab or lab. Lab, lab, L-A-B-E. If you're a Hebrew person, God help you. But it means the same thing as mind and will. Oftentimes in New Testament, you'll find the word heart and mind used interchangeably. So you just need to, so when he was saying, as a man thinks in his heart, he was saying, as you think in your mind, he says, so you are. So the truth is, even if your mouth is saying a thing and your mind is comprehending something else, 
tendencies are, what your mind is saying will also happen. And you cannot live above your mind. You see, um, research have proven, right, that most people that win the lottery, the money never outlive them. They always squander the money. Do you know why? Their hand received something that their mind was not prepared for. So everything in life is built twice. It's built first in your mind. Can you see it? Can you comprehend yourself? Can you envision yourself in it before it exists in the physical? Do you know why? Like the lottery winner, if it exists in the physical, before your mind is able to comprehend it, it will not outlast you or outlive you. Because a reality that your mind cannot comprehend, your, your present state cannot handle it. So pastor can say supernatural progress, but if your mind is still stagnant or retrogressing, you physically cannot experience progress. If I'm fixated by holding this place, how far can I move? My mobility is limited to the point of my fixation. So sometimes when the word of God goes forth, it's not that the word of God is devoid of power. It's that like the psalmist said, we have limited the ability of God. Because imagine that the children of Israel were able to limit the limitless God. Because God is not going to force his will on you. And you know that's why the devil fights our mind the most. Because he knows that if your mind can enter a future, it's a matter of time. Your body will enter it. If you can see yourself in whatever reality that God has painted before you, give it time. Your mind is... And, and the beautiful thing about our mind is our mind is able to go into a future we are not even a part of yet. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So the emphasis today is See yourself first the way God sees you. Let your mind align first with God. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures. So they were able to limit God with their mind. So the emphasis today is on their mind. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve, Eve by his craftiness, so your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. Devil will do everything to attack your mind. He will do everything to make you think opposite of what God says, of who God calls you, because he knows that once he can get you in the mind, you will be it. And so Paul was telling them that I'm afraid for the church in Corinth that lets the devil corrupt their mind from the simplicity that is in Christ. Because once he corrupts their mind, it's just a matter of time. Their attitude and their lifestyle will follow their mind. So that's our emphasis today. Um, Genesis 13, 14 to 18. After Lot, I'm not going to read it because I'm now looking at my time. After Lot departed from Abraham, then God came to Lot and said, Lot, open your eyes and see. He says, look to the north, look to the south. You might not have it yet, but I'm going to give it to you. And he says, as far as your eyes can see, I am able to give you. Right? He saw it first. Another point in scripture I realized in um, Genesis was when God told Abraham to go and sacrifice his son, Isaac. Right? And he had taken the boy to the mountain and said, God told me to sacrifice this boy. And he got to the mountain and the boy said, where is the ram? He said, the Lord will provide. 
And it got to the point where he tied his son up, put him, and he was about to kill him. And then the voice of God came. And you know, Hebrews then gave us an insight into what transpired. And you will see that it was the mind. Hebrews 11.19 then said, talking about Abraham here. Hebrews 11.19 says, concluding. So Abraham concluding. He had not taken the action. But in his mind, he had concluded that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So Abraham got to that point where he concluded in his mind, even if I kill this boy, God is able to raise him up from the dead. God said, you have killed him already, you have passed. God did not wait for the physical action. God waited for him to get it in his mind. So sometimes you are so fixated, but I have not seen. That's why the Bible says that if you, Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, because once it gets into your mind and you entertain it, you are as good as done it. And the reason you might not do it in the physical might be lack of opportunity, not because of self-control. So sometimes we assume that, ah, I'm righteous. My name is Sister Mary. No, 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 no. But the only reason you are Sister Mary, you see, I see a lot of people that throw their virginity. If you're a virgin, please keep it till you marry. It's honorable. So I see some Christians throw it around like it's the license for you to enter heaven. But some people, the only reason you are a virgin is because there's no opportunity. The boy you like does not like you. He likes your best friend. And it goes for guys too. So the reason that we flaunt some of the, in quotes, righteousness that we have is lack of opportunity. And that is not to say don't take pride in the things that you do for God. Realize that God is shielding you from opportunity to sin. So the moment Abraham concluded in his mind. So don't, and that's why the Bible says that God does not look at the outward. You see, you can be serving and be wondering why God is not blessing your service because in your heart you are not serving. You are doing eye service. People are seeing service. God is seeing eye service. And God does not reward eye service. I'm saying that so that we can put things in perspective because we deal with a God that looks beyond the physical appearance. You know, the, the, the prophets that went to anoint David, when he got there, he saw Eliab. Told that can with six packs. Oh, oh grip. There's a Washington Junior. And the, even the prophet had to say, wow. Oh, poor. This must be it. And God said, no. I don't look at the outward. I'm, I'm, and God went to pick someone that most likely came in smelling like shit. Let's be realistic. David did not get into that room smelling good. If you've been around sheep, especially if they are Nigerian ships, they just have a way of taking over. So he entered the room not looking like it, but his heart looked like it. And because God sees the heart, remember that in scriptures, heart and mind are used interchangeably. Do you know why? Your heart, the place where your emotions are, influences your mind, where your will, your desires, your actions are. And once your mind has been, the devil will get it. Um... You see that we, we teach this in discipleship classes, so please come or join Word Wednesday group. When you give your heart to Christ, right, it's your spirit man that gets rejuvenated. 
your mind is still the space between where your spirit and your flesh. So till Jesus comes and then everything is perfect, you will always have a choice to tilt to the spirit or to give in to your flesh, both of which you are equipped to do. Scripture says that there is no temptation taking you that is not common to man. So you see that your boss is not common. You see that your boyfriend is not common. If you don't do it right now, I will leave you. It's not common. You are not the first person. If you don't cheat and look next, I will. it's not common. If you don't add another zero, it's not common. There is no temptation that has taken you that is common. Bible says, but in every temptation, there is a way of escape. The question is, will you take it? Some of us see the way of escape and then we pretend like we did not see it. With every temptation, there is a way of escape. And it's up to you to take that way of escape. And that's why the scripture says in Romans, it says, guard your, no, not Romans, this is um, Proverbs. It says, guard your heart. Remember, heart and mind are interchanged in scriptures. It says, guard it with all diligence. A translation says, it determines the course of your life. It determines how your life will take shape. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renew there means to make new, to make like new, to restore to freshness or perfection as we renew our strength in sleep. So we have come alive to God we then begin to renew our mind. You see, in Genesis 11, the story of the Tower of Babel, please go read it at home. Um, okay, let me read it. Genesis 11, let's read it. Verse 1 to 6. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shina, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the, what does it say? The Lord came down to see the city and the tower. Have they built the city? At that point, they hadn't. They just said, let us do this. But when God came down, because they had conceived it in their mind, what God saw was the end result. So he said, God saw the city and the tower with the son of man had built. And you know the, how the story ended. It scattered their land. But I tried to check some research. Till today, they are still, archaeologists are still trying to find out where the Tower of Babel was. There are some school of thought that says that it was never built. Some believe that it was built it's in Iraq. Um, it's gone a couple of feet below the sea level. And um, they, really don't, they really have never been able to find the structure, right? So whether it was eventually built to an extent before their language was fully scattered or not is in question. When you go to geology school, you will find your answer. But those are the two ends of the continuum. But the argument here is when they had that conversation, 
Bible says that God came down and he already saw the end. Because if you can see it in your mind, you can already achieve it. And he said, before they now achieve it, let's scatter their language. The power that, and I'm not preaching, you know, there's this, this um, secular theologist that says that the mind is so powerful. When you now just dream it like this, you will not attract it. Whoa. Be dreaming million. It didn't come. Yes, if you can dream it, you can have it. That's not what I'm preaching on. <laughs> because law of attraction does not... <clears throat> okay. Law of attraction will be in your house. You will not walk. Poverty will catch up on you like a hand bandit. That's what the scripture says. So law of attraction is not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying be idle and be saying money comets. What's it coming? Sit down and say, be idle. And be... That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that let your mind be aligned with what the Lord is saying about himself and about you. Not what your reality is saying. Then remember I said that that efficiency we will now come to the power. Because now there is a power at work in you. That power is not the law of attraction. That power is a person. Of, is a person. That power is a person of the Holy Spirit that has been resident on the inside of you and I. So we're not talking law of attraction. So dissuade your mind from law of attraction. So as a man, be renewed by, uh, be transformed. Oh my goodness. Oh, time. Be transformed by renewing your mind. You see, two things essentially feed your mind. One is your experience and two is your environment. However, your experience is not a revelation of God. You see, another problem that a lot of Christians get into, we preach our experience of God, which oftentimes is not true. Right? And those are the things that feed our mind. Because I've come and I've told you my experience and then you take it and you build a doctrine around it. It's oftentimes not true. So experience is not revelation. Experience is not God. Experience feeds your mind. So your experience and your environment feeds your mind. So how can you ensure that your mind is daily renewed? How can you ensure that your mouth and your mind are speaking the same thing that God says about you consistently or continually. It's called the law of exposure. Tell your neighbor exposure. Exposure is what you expose your gateways to. You see, there are gateways that feed your mind, your eyes, your ears. So what are you exposing your ears to? You know, someone asked me, asked me a question one time. Do we have to come to church? I'm like, well... You don't have to come to a physical building for church, but you have to keep the company of believers because Bible says that iron will sharpen iron. And when you put iron alone, iron will be blunt sometimes. I, I read the story of a man that stopped coming to church and then his pastor came to visit him. I said, oh, I haven't seen you in church for a while. And, you know, he was giving the excuse. As he was giving the excuse, the pastor took a coal from fire and put it on the table. And he kept talking and they talked for a couple of hours. And when he finished, he said, but pastor, I'm still good. Pastor said, yes, just like this coal is still good, but it's black right now. It's no longer burning. And the coal does not know the difference between when it's on fire and when it's burning because it's still a coal. A coal that is on fire and a coal that is cold is still called coal. Now, the difference is your experience of it. There is a coal that you will touch. Your father's house will give you a report card. And there is a coal that you will pick, you will put it into your pocket and the devil will take a stroll and nothing will happen. But they are both still cool. But their experience of it is different. So that's what exposure is. When you expose yourself 
to companies of, and that's why we started by praying in the Holy Ghost. You come to church, you expose yourself to companies of firebrand, you are prayed up, you are built up, you are on fire. Let the sickness come and see. Let the enemy come and see. Let the accident try your car. You will be the only, you see, like, don't see Oyeko. You will just, you will be gallant. Let the enemy try. He knows that he cannot touch you because there is a difference between a dead coal and a live coal. Exposure is the difference. What have you exposed yourself to? You see, the dead coal exposed itself to fire. The live coal exposed itself to nothing. So what are you exposing your mind to? Bible says that do not be deceived. Bad company will corrupt good morals. I see that I was speaking to my, my seven-year-old over the week, and we were talking about being hot or cold. And he was asking me, so can I not be cold and be hot at the same time? Which one is Jesus and which one is the devil? So I said, when you are hot, you are for Jesus. When you are cold, say, what about when I'm warm? I said, Jesus will spit you out. He said, ah, uh ah. -uh. I said, so when he spits you out, then the devil will not catch you. He said, I don't want the devil, so you better be hot. So when the devil comes, he knows he can. So when he goes to school, he says, I'm hot. You are hot. Don't forget. So Christians are the ones that want to stay in between. We want to have one foot in the world such that we don't miss. They are not calling us fanatic. They are not calling us, what's the word they call us? S-U. I don't think they use S-U anymore. Spirit, Coco. No, they, those are old old words. There's a word they call them now. Religious. They don't call you religious. They don't say you are not a monk. So we want to do like this. The problem is you can't stand like this for too long. One will end up pulling you away. So you have to make up your mind on which part you are. If you, are, if you want to be hot, be hot. Let the devil know that this one is not a joke. There are some conversations they cannot have around you because they know what you stand for. I think Christians are the most hypocritical. You say you are for God and then they come and you're the first person to laugh. And after you laugh, if, so if pastor walk in and you can't continue laughing, it's high time that we know, expose, ensure that you guard the things that you expose yourself to. Don't be in between. I'm just a social drinker. Say what? The Bible says that alcohol is not for kings. So you can't eat your cake and have it. It's high time we let Christians know. If you're a Christian, stand for what you believe. If you are an unbeliever, stand for it. I tell people, if you want to go to FIA, go with shoulder pad. At least enter, let the devil salute you. When you enter, just slap it out. Because you just stole five naira. No, at least enter. Be like, oh, don't let me call their name. They just, their office starts with P. Fill in the gap. So guard the things that you expose yourself to. The things that you watch. The songs that you listen to. If I pray, if I play, it's getting hot in here. You know how it will do you. Because songs carry power. God, the things that you expose yourself to. Your ear is a gateway. Your eyes is a gateway. The things that you see. Because it feeds your mind. You know the beautiful thing? The devil is the most patient adversary there is. He won't jump at you immediately. Shall be reading that M and B. Then one day, like my husband will say, rain will not fall. Banana peel will not be on the floor. You will now slide and say, the devil. It's not the devil. You had fed your mind with enough content for you to act it out. Remember, the reason you don't act out certain things is lack of opportunity. So the devil will wait for you and then give you opportunity. Watch the things that you feed your mind. So exposure.
the things that you expose yourself. As I was meditating on this, um, first service, Pastor Wu was speaking about those that know their God. And he was reading Ephesians 1 that we prayed um, with at the leaders' prayer meeting yesterday. He says that, that the eyes of their understanding, that God will grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Revelation, that you may see clearly, that you may know clearly. If you don't expose yourself to the word of God, how do you know? So the devil will come and throw some things at you and you cannot refute it because you don't know better. So guard the things that you expose. Oh, my time is up. Guard the things that you expose yourself to. And then contend for the reality that God has shown you. Sometimes the devil will not take it lying down, but you will not, you will not accept defeat anyways. Why am I saying contend? Sometimes thoughts will come that were not premeditated. That's where you're contending comes in. So when you guard the things that you expose yourself to, then you contend. So a thought comes in. What if, then you will say, what if not? And, you know, um, psychologists have proven that when you fight a thought, don't fight it in another thought. Speak out. So he comes and says, you want to do this? You say, no. What if you steal? No. He comes and says, what if you never get ill? I'm healed. He comes and says, what if you lose your mind? No, I have a sound mind. He comes and says, what if you fail this exam? No, I am prosperous. Everything I lay in my hands, I'm prosper. He comes and says, what if you don't get promoted? No, if anybody does not get promoted, I'm the exception. You know, he comes and says, what if this business does not succeed? You say, no. You speak the word of God. You contend for the reality. He comes and tells you, what if it's just another scripture for the month? You say, no, not for me. I'm making progress. And you begin to define the kind of progress that you want to see in your life. So you watch the things that you expose yourself to. And then you contend for it. Because once you can see it, you can attain it. I'm going to end with just reading the scriptures. Um, Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. That's exposure. Set your mind on it. Expose yourself to the right company. Right? Read your Bible. Like they were acting. The devil will fight. Social media will fight. Be deliberate about it. Get a partner that you can study or you can pray together. And you know from there you can continue on your own. So set your mind not on your reality. It says not on earth. Not on the things that are happening around you. Set your mind intentionally. When you set something, there's a level of intentionality to it. Set your mind on the things above. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You have the ability to allow it. You let it. It cannot settle without your permission. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You have the ability. The devil, you see, the best thing the devil does is to suggest things as a thought. But you have the ability because you have the Holy Spirit to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of the, of the word of God. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you will keep talking about God in perfect peace. Those whose mind are stayed on you because they trust you. Your mind is worried, you're anxious, you're depressed. Keep your mind stayed on God. Guard your thoughts. Guard the things you expose yourself to. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, 
if there is anything praiseworthy. Remember where we started from Abacook? What he said, he said, I will praise even though the fig tree is not blossoming. And then here in Philippians, we are we are being encouraged that if it has praise in it, those are the things that you meditate on. It says meditate on these things. What does it mean to meditate? You think about it over and over again. But you cannot think about what you haven't taken time to expose yourself to. There is so much unsound doctrine outside that as Christians, you have to get into the word of God for yourself. And rightly divide the word of truth. So even though I have come and I've said all the scripture, it's your responsibility as a soldier of Christ to go back home and check and say, so whatever things are pure, what are the things that are pure? Whatever things are noble, what are the things that are noble? What are the things that are of good report? Enough of being lazy Christians that you just believe something that someone says, who climb and seek and you don't go back and verify for yourself. The Bible says that a good soldier rightly, they don't rightly divide the word of truth for you. You divide it. You rightly divide the word of truth. So get into the word of God. Expose yourself to content that will ensure that your mind is stayed on God. And when your mind is stayed on God, it says that it will keep you in perfect peace. It says when your mind is stayed on God, then God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ask, think or imagine. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the grace to keep our minds stayed on you. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you.